0: One. It's another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Nick LePage. We are without Jordan and Kevin tonight, so I will be joined by my co-host David Barnhouse. And so yeah, it's a two-man show tonight, but a lot of information going down this week. We have the seabrook Mystery Controversy that's going on. de Kaiser might be out for the season. Mark Crawford reinstated with the Blackhawks as of January second. Brandon Sod went down with an injury. We have The Eric Conry trade that kind of was pointless for the Red Wings, so we'll get into that. Uh, Eddie Olchek's comments on trading Corey Crawford. And then for around the league, we have the Taylor Hall trade, which was the biggest trade dropped so far this season. Ilya Kovalchuk released from the Kings, and then P.K. Subban to the Leafs. And then obviously, as we do weekly, we have our flashback and flash forward. So let's get started with this. Uh, David, we're going to start with the Red Wings this week. What are your thoughts on the Danny DeKaiser injury?
1: Well, I just want to talk. Uh, you said might be out for the season. I mean, the guy just had back surgery. I think he's pretty much done for the year. Um, it sucks. He isn't the worst defender, but he's not the best. I mean, I'd rather have him on the line than a few other guys. But, um, yeah, it looks like the surgery was successful. Sounds like he's doing all right. Wish him a speedy recovery, but I don't think we'll see him till. Next season, he might even, in my opinion, miss training camp. Back injuries are not easy to come back from, so it's going to be a little road for him. I don't think it was as serious as, like, a broken back, but, I mean, you have, you know, Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Lions, who played the season last year with a broken bone in his back and finished the season, and then this year um, decided finally to sit out because he got re-injured. But, yeah, I mean... Want him to be healthy. So, what do you think? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the DeKaiser injury is really crucial for the Red Wings. Um, you know, he's he's a work. He's a minute. He's a minute eater for the Red Wings. He's one of those guys you can rely on almost every night. Give his best effort, and he's just a workhorse. So I and he's especially with being he, wait. He's he's your first pair defenseman, isn't he?
1: Um, he will be first pair occasionally. I think he is kind of now with um our defense actually looks but yeah it's gonna be pretty hard to lose him
0: yeah i, I just think it's a brutal injury uh you know something that's kind of hard for their especially with the red wings the position they're in now it doesn't help their situation you just weak at, you they're already weak at defense and losing danny to is a crucial injury to the team and the organization so it's tough to see a guy like that go down, especially a veteran presence and a leader for the team. So, yeah, hopefully Dan, uh, a healthy recovery for Danny Kaiser.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. He was averaging 22.04 per game, which is the second most on the team. So, yeah, he was a, he was a minute eater. Um, I mean, it's going to make Philip Peronik really stand out more. He's got eight goals on the season. Um, it'll give us a chance to bring up some of these young guys to kind of fill the skates to see how many shifts they can start putting in. I mean – Eiserman drafted quite a few. I mean, we could possibly see Mort Sider get a couple call ups too. So there might be a silver lining to this, but like I said, it's gonna suck losing him. Um, wish him a speedy recovery.
0: I would personally love to see Mort Sider too come up. Just because this is this is the opportunity to kind of throw him in. Just hopefully, you know, they get he gets some experience in the NHL, see what he got and you know, build from that going forward. But yeah, yep. uh, so speedy recovery to Danny DeKaiser. Uh, Red Wings fans will probably see him on the ice next season, so hopefully all is well. And then another big news out of the Detroit Red Wings, Eric Comrie. Yeah, so Eric Comrie was traded for Billy Sariavi. Is that how you pronounce
1: it? Yeah, Sariavi.
0: Yeah, so Eric Comrie was traded for Billy Sariavi two weeks ago, three weeks ago.
1: Um, It was a couple weeks ago. Let me see. Eric Comrie trade. Um, That's when they claimed him off waivers. Oh, my God. Just tell me when the trade happened. <laughs> yeah, it was like November. So like yeah. late November.
0: Yeah. And, we, you know, I think all of us actually saw it as I, – Jordan, I know, was upset with trading, sorry, RV. I think you've seen it as a positive just because of the ring, wing system. But <laughs> the wing put him on waivers and he's back to Winnipeg. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Jordan has a huge love obsession with Sari Arvi. I mean, he's a great player, but I just don't think he was ever going to make the NHL roster for us because we have guys that Iserman drafted that I think Iserman feels strongly about. Um, and we were just a logjam. But yeah, <laughs> we, and the quote from Blasio, like, we took a risk. We had a, f- we, we took a risk on it and he went away. And I'm like, y- yeah, the guy is a decent goalie. Of course someone's going to try and snatch him up if we put on ra- waivers. There's teams that have cap space, but we basically lost Sariarvi for what?
0: Cap space? For nothing? Nothing. <laughs> nothing cuz he's on his rookie deal. So it uh, was it's essentially just a pointless it was a pointless trade. He lost, uh, you lost you could have got something for Sariarvi rather than a guy you put on waivers 3 weeks later.
1: We didn't even like get a draft pick. So like, yeah, it was nothing. It's really confusing. I'm scratching my head at it.
0: Yeah, it seems frustrating. You know, I mean, I've been in that position before with trades that made no sense, and this one, this one is up there. I mean, I'm not a Red Wings fan, but <sighs> it's kind of, it's kind of like you're losing a big, not a big piece of your future, but you're losing a potential trade piece.
1: This this article on winging in Motown. The easiest way to understand it is that the two possible ways that the trade can get him back is if they were to trade Winnipeg for him, or if Winnipeg puts him back on waivers. Why the hell would Winnipeg put him back on waivers? <laughs>
0: And Winnipeg's weak right now, back a goaltender, too. They have Halibut, and, yeah, I think that's why Connery... And the thing about Connor he's still very young, and he has great AHL numbers. So it's... Yeah, it's How just a... It's something I was confused about.
1: It's a foolish move, especially, I think, with... I think Jimmy Howard's coming back still, but that's a waste of a trade. Like, you just gave up Sarriarvi for nothing.
0: Nothing. Just for Winnipeg to get back the guy they had two seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah... <laughs> this much, uh, and some more positive news for the Red Wings this week. I didn't mention it in the introduction, but Philip Zadina going up to the top line for the Detroit Red Wings. This has got to be positive news for you guys.
1: Oh yeah. Breaking news uh, today. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think he could do pretty well. He's got a great leader in, um, Larkin up there with him. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to probably be Montha on the other wing. um, which is going to be great because I think putting him with that big body and Monfa, they'll, you know, bounce off each other real well. And that puts together Fabry with Bertuzzi, two former line mates um, back in their OHL days, I believe it was. Uh-huh. Um, So yeah, I think that could do really well. I'm excited. I hope Zadina, you know, scores a goal or two. Um, It would be really nice to see him really flourish on that top line and, Start to develop in that you know scoring threat that we hoped he could be.
0: Yeah, I think this is very great for Phillips you know, This is gonna—he's obviously gonna get be up there <laughs> minutes per night. This is something you want to see. This is a big sign in development. It's showing—it's giving the kid confidence it's going out there playing with the top dogs every night. And this—this this is who we should be playing with because in the future, this is who he will be playing with. So yeah, you want to give him the top minutes. You want to give him the best opportunity, the best line mates to produce some damage and you know give you guys a shine of light on this rough season so far
1: yeah and not to like compare to you guys but if we could get a new taves cane out of this i'd be so happy
0: i think that's on like there's nothing to be ashamed about that i think that's what i think that's what majority of teams kind of go for now i i not to be too biased but I mean, Taves and Kane are kind of like the role models of what players or what teams want their players to turn out to be. And I don't blame you for wanting that.
1: Yeah, like you have the Crosby-Malkin, even though they haven't played together in a line really in a while. But like, same with Taves and Kane. I don't feel like you guys put them on a line together as much.
0: Yeah, it's kind of when they've, they've done it. A few, Jeremy Colleton's done it a few times. So uh, most of the last season just because the team was struggling. So they kind of need to light them up and just try to light a fire out of this pointless team's ass. But uh, Joel Kimball would only do it if the team was down and they needed a comeback. So, yeah, it's a rare occurrence. But for something like the Red Wings, this is really a positive sign. And I- I'm sure the fans are excited to actually see more of Dina Zadina rather than him on the third line.
1: Exactly. I mean, he he's not the kind of player, in my opinion, that should be on a third or fourth line. I understand that, like, you have guys ahead of him, but – He's a player that needs those minutes. He needs that time to develop, and by putting him on a lower line, he's not going to develop. You can't do that to a projected third who dropped to us for sixth round pick, who's supposed to be a crazy goal threat. Um, so yeah, this is exciting. I hope he does really well with this chance.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. You know, one of those guys that dropped to the Red Wings, and you know, he and he was frustrated about. It. He's like, I can't wait to light up the other team's nets and the people that pass on me. So. <laughs> Hey, Melvin, this is your time now.
1: Yeah, it was just I just it just brings me back to like that draft where like he kept dropping and like literally the they had a commercial before the fifth pick where it was talking about Ken Holland and the team talking about Quinn Hughes. I don't know if you watched the draft, I didn't like, yeah, they were they had a commercial about us talking about Quinn Hughes like a, a promo, and then the fifth pick picked someone else, and then Ken Holland was just like,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> He's got well, one you know, a really crazy scenario. That I mean, the best D man available in the draft, and then Phil Zadina, who was projected to go third.
1: Yeah, I was really even a- saying like I wanted Rasmus Dahlin, and I knew we weren't going to get the first pick, but then I was like, oh man, I really love Zadina, but I know we need defense, so we'll go Quinn Hughes because Zadina ha- definitely won't drop to us. And I was, it was like, when was the draft? What
0: what what day was it?
1: It was June, I remember.
0: Yeah, it was June twenty fourth. I want to say.
1: Okay, yeah, so my son was like barely 2 weeks old. So I was like walking around the house, like rocking him to sleep cuz he didn't want to sit still, and I had my headphones in and I had the draft going on my phone, and it was like, what? And I had to like pull the phone out and like hold it low so the light didn't get on him. Like this is amazing. I'm going to freak out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you get a guy like that to drop, it's just crazy. It's it's unbelievable. You don't you can't believe what you're getting a franchise player dropped into your lap kind of the mm-hmm. how the Red Wings drafted worked that year because next up is Joe Veleno.
1: God, oh, he uh, he where is he he was supposed to go like I think his highest projection was top 10, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, he was. I think injuries kind of dropped him down.
1: But he just kept dropping and I was like, shoot, we might have to get another forward because this Joe Veleno guy's still on the board and then we drafted him
0: and now I love him. <laughs> now, now he's your boy. Joe fucking Helena.
1: I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I just want to nurture him. Tell him That's it's going to be okay.
0: Cradle him in your arms. Just let him know everything is going to be all right. Better times are ahead.
1: <laughs> I think he's first line on the Griffins with Herozi right now.
0: Oh, I didn't know Herosi was back down.
1: Yeah, he's um been down for a little bit. Yeah, we're tied. Eric Tangre scored the goal. I just want to see their lineups because I'm pretty sure he's first line. Yeah, project line Herozi No, he's not. Volano's not even on the roster right now. He might be hurt. It's Hiroshi Turgren and Terry in the first line.
0: Regardless, I mean, just exciting times for the Red Wings. This is a sign of positivity.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Howard's in net for the Griffins tonight.
0: Oh, for the step, the recovery stint. Yep. But uh, besides that, is there anything else I really miss on the Red Wings? I, I'm just tough to follow. Um, nope. We
1: went back to our losing ways, but we'll talk about that with the flashback.
0: All right. So with that being said, we'll move over to the Hawks side this week. Uh, a, lot going, need, uh... a lot going on there this week. Uh, Brent Seabrook. This is the this is the biggest talk of town. He was healthy scratched the other night against Colorado. Jeremy Colleton. Jeremy Colleton essentially <clears> said, "No, <throat> qu- this is not really a quote. It's paraphrasing here, but saying that they need to get the younger guys in the lineup and." This is and there was really not no spot for Seabrook just because he wanted to see the younger guys play and they'll go from there. A day later, going to Winnipeg, he was not with the team traveling and now is under medical evaluation. So going from a healthy scratch who skated with the team at the morning skate the day before is now going under, undergoing medical evaluation and we know how Seabrook's been with the media saying how unhappy he is being healthy scratch something's fishy with the Blackhawks right now. This, is, this feels like another, I don't want to say, I don't want to doubt the Marion Hossa reasoning, but I think the Blackhawks are going to try to pull something off. See, Seabrook.
1: you mean like trading him?
0: I don't even think trading him. I think they're going to try to long-term injury reserve him really over nothing. Just so that caps off the books.
1: Oh, that would suck for him. Cause like I would want to play if I was him.
0: And that's what I don't understand. Like Keith, duck and Keith was visibly frustrated with Jeremy Collison's decision to healthy scratch him against the Colorado <sighs> avalanche. So it, nobody's on the same page over there. And it, that's, what's frustrating. The Blackhawks are feeding us. The Blackhawks organization is feeding us different news than what's really going on. I personally believe just because how do you go from healthy one day and not playing in a game to now undergoing medical evaluation? It's just, it's nothing's adding up here.
1: Yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, Undergoing further medical evaluation, it's just undisclosed ailment. Why wouldn't you just say like, what's going on? Like, just say like, oh, he has this injury, he has that injury. But like, to make it weird like this, where he's a healthy scratch, but now he's not traveling, and yep. now he's got an undisclosed ailment. Further medical evaluation with the team's physician. Like, what the hell is going on?
0: No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I, I don't like, even think the Hawks know.
1: And, like, Keith was interviewed, and he says, like, I thought he had been playing well when we're in the D zone a long time. We could break down every little play. Tough to pin it on one guy out there when there's five guys. So, like, even he's scratching his head.
0: And that, that's the Blackhawks organization for you the last few years. It's just nothing's really making sense. It's frustrating to see a guy like Brent Seabrook, who's the biggest leader in the locker room and just contributed to so much to this organization this past decade. Yeah, and well, not, like, what? what not when I reason. think of the
1: when I think of the Blackhawks the last decade, I think of four guys. I think of Kane, Taves, Keith, and Seabrook. Like that's your core four. And like, yeah, this is weird.
0: And, and it's just frustrating. I mean, I know he's not a shell of the player he used to be, but to give a guy Collenton said before that it's not going to be based off past accomplishments, but for someone like this, from a fans' aspect, he doesn't deserve what's going on. I I, I would rather prefer just to be straight up with the fans and with mm-hmm. Brent Seabrook himself, but they they seem to be avoiding a bullet, and they're really not taking it like a man. I, I re- this contract didn't make any sense to begin with when he was first extended, but now the Blackhawks are kind of they're kind of cowards with this situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's he's not a show of the player. He was still playing at a decent level. He's not like. 77-year-old Chelios in his last season puffing and puffing <laughs> down the ice. Uh, oh man. That, that was painful to watch. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I wish this situation would, I wish the truth would finally come out. But I'm sure really, we'll hear it. I, I hope Brent Seabrook, I don't know, it, it, depending on, the, I mean, I know we're reaching the end of Brent Seabrook's career with the Blackhawks or 10-year, they're going to try to do something or if he just decides to retire because he has no passion for the team anymore. But I'm sure he'll come out one day and speak about what's been going on the last few seasons with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear about it at some point.
0: But yeah, and so transitioning over to another poor story for the Blackhawks this week, actually just happened last night. Brandon Saad went down with what looked like a terrible injury to the lower body. I don't, I, I think they said it was his ankle. It looked like it could be bad. I'm hoping it's not, but it, it it looked like it could have been a broken ankle, dislocation. It was a nasty hit along the board, So.
1: Oh yeah, that was the one. Yeah, I remember we were talking about that. I thought a little bit last week when it happened. Let me see. I think this is the one. Nope, different hit. There was a different hit where somebody got hurt. This, yeah, was, uh, this was
0: this was Brandon Saad last night.
1: What was the other one from the week? Or it was so private, where the guy was skating around the back of the net, and
0: that was a different team, I think, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was Brandon Saad again, but he was our, who was Saad? Yeah, so Brandon Saad's getting kind of bullied. I forgot who, okay. honestly it was.
1: Yeah, it's when the guy drives the leg and his leg's up, ooh, yeah, that does not look pleasant.
0: So yeah, I mean, Brandon Saad, he came out this week saying this has been the best he's played in his career, so it's just an awful sign, for, just an awful addition to what's been going on for the Blackhawks this, week, or this past season. So hopefully Brandon Saad comes back with a speedy recovery because it looks. I hope the injury was not as bad yeah. as it looks. Jeremy Calden came out and said it's going to be a few weeks. Hopefully not much longer than that. But Brandon, He said it's not
1: day-to-day, but it's going to be a couple of weeks. I'm guessing maybe a month at the most. I would say <laughs> two and a half, three weeks at the least.
0: But with the way the Blackhawks have been, who knows what to believe out of their mouths now.
1: <laughs> All of a sudden he has another mystery ailment.
0: Yeah, they're just going to mystery ailment every player on the Hawks.
1: Patrick Kane goes out to dinner. Oh, Mr. EL <laughs> uh,
0: So, yeah, uh, you know, this rough injury for Brandon Saad, hopefully for a speedy recovery because he's been down the season. But moving on from that, a lot of Hawks news this week. We're going to go on to Mark Crawford. So we talked about it a few weeks ago about the uh, abuse that Mark Crawford did with his past players. Blackhawks investigated it, and he is going to be reinstated after the new year has. he – coach uh which i i respect the blackhawks on this matter i've <laughs> kind of been negative so far on this recording but they did their due diligence they investigated and mark crawford admitted that he he admitted he was wrong for his past doings but he has seek treatment for the last couple seasons or i think for 10 years now so i think it's a great decision by the blackhawks you know everybody deserves a second chance robin leonard's been talking about second chances And I think Mark Crawford's due for one just because he knows he did wrong. It wasn't a typical, sorry, I know I did wrong. But, like, Mm -hmm. he showed remorse and regretted his decisions when he made it the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, I firmly believe in this world everybody deserves a second chance unless you've done something, like, terrible. Like, at least Mark Crawford didn't, like, take over a school bus and drive all the kids off a cliff (laughs) or something.
0: Yeah, thank God for that.
1: (laughs) But, like, yeah, I mean, he apologized. He knows what he did was wrong. He's been seeking help. And people have a lot of issues. Like you and I were tweeting the other day – well, I wrote a little bit about it and you responded with um, – shoot, shoot, shoot. The football player.
0: Oh, Josh Josh Gordon. Gordon.
1: Like I watched the, the documentary stuff about him with like his addictions and his upbringing and how terrible his life had been. Like that freaking sucks, man, and that's so hard to overcome. Like addiction is terrible. And it's hard to overcome. It's it's a terrible fight. And people are like, oh, it's not a disease or anything. It is, though. It like is. I understand, like, the opium addictions and things like that. Like, when I had my appendix explode and the doctors had sent me home after staying in the hospital for a week with, like, oxy- oxycodone, I took one pill of it. And I was like, I don't like how this makes me feel. I don't want to take it again. And so I told my wife, just give me like strong Tylenol. Like, I don't want to feel like that because I can see how loopy it made me and everything. And then you think people that like that feeling and then get stuck on that feeling and they can't get out
0: of it. Yeah. Uh, So uh, it's just, it's like you said, David, just based off, you can't control some of your past experiences. You can't.
1: It's like
0: some shit, some shit's just handed to you and that's kind of, you got to play with the cards there. Mm -hmm. So that's for Mark Crawford. Facing it back to that, he I think he does deserve the second chance, especially with him seeking the help that he wants to get. Yeah. And I, I I respect the Blackhawks' decision for bringing him back. I know but there was a lot of players defending him too. So yeah. with that, if the players show that they like him, it was kind of what he did, and he knows it was bad, but it was just to get under the players' skin and make them perform better. Then mm-hmm. I'm glad the Blackhawks did their due diligence and. You know, somebody doesn't deserve to lose a job, especially if they've been seeking treatment, and this kind of just came out of the base after 15 years.
1: Exactly. And like you said, like, he's seeking treatment. It's not like the team's telling him, you have to see these people. You have to do that. And people think, oh, if you have to see therapy or things like that, you're weak. You know, you're not. The strongest people in the world are the ones that decide, I need help. So good for him for finding that help.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see him back behind the bench. As of January second, so good, good job, Mark Crawford. Can't wait to see you back, and you know, hopefully the therapy is helping you out. Yep. And then, so more news along the Blackhawks. This was announced on during the national broadcast game against the Colorado Avalanche. Eddie Olczyk, former Blackhawks player, current Blackhawks analysis analyst. Oh, can't speak here. Uh, <laughs> he he had interesting remarks among Corey Crawford. He he's he basically acknowledged that the Blackhawks are not in a win winning position, and with a guy like Corey Crawford, a proven veteran, two time Stanley Cup champion, he's saying that there there's there should be team the Blackhawks should listen when teams call Corey Crawford. And I, as much as it sucks, I think the Blackhawks are going to go for Robin. They're going to sign Robin Leonard long term after the season. I honestly think the same. The Blackhawks aren't in any position to win as of right now. I think they should be listening to Corey Crawford because teams will pay for a high-caliber goaltender. Oh, of
1: course. I mean, look at the Wings the last couple seasons. We traded away this young, what could develop into a great goalie, and Peter Morazic for some picks. We traded away um, Tatar and Nyquist for some really good picks, and that's what's helping our rebuild. I mean, you guys aren't, in my opinion, in a full-fledged rebuild like we are, Um you're in like what I would call like a band-aid piece together rebuild where you can put a couple pieces here and there. Yeah. Um, so I think if Crawford's playing at this high caliber and teams come calling, offering you guys something good, you'd be, in my opinion, stupid not to do it. Like give him a chance to play on a team that could win right now, give him another chance for the cup again. You sign Leonard long term, you bring in another something you bring in another goalie.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to be balanced here just with what Corey Crawford brought. To the organization, the memories he brought, and the championships he's brought, but it's getting near the end of his career. I don't think, uh, along with a lot of players on this team, they don't deserve to go through this struggle. The team is playing poor, especially with Corey Crawford. You know, mm-hmm. he's been stellar each night, and some nights he just doesn't come with a win. So yeah. I think when near the end of a career, you're not gonna you're gonna lose him for basically you're gonna lose him for nothing after this season. So give him a chance to win what he brought to this team. He deserves to go win some more
1: yeah like um i love jimmy howard but if a team came calling for him and he has a chance to win win a cup i'm not going to tell him no i want him to succeed he he's earned it in my opinion and i mean yeah. maybe maybe with you guys like if you do trade him away maybe winnipeg will put Comrie on waivers again <laughs> and you guys grab him
0: There <laughs> we go life comes full circle for this podcast <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, kind of, kind of an interesting week among off-Ice Hawks news. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think there's anything really else to add based off that. So we could transition over the NHL news if for that, David.
1: Yeah, it's fine with me. I know we have a couple uh, NHL news stories to talk about. Some big ones, too. Oh, yeah.
0: So with that being said, let's get over to the biggest news story of probably the season. Taylor Hall traded over to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Coyotes received prospects Nick Merkley, Nate Schnarr, and David Ball. And they also received a first round pick next season, barring if it's a top three pick, somehow with the Coyotes doing as well as they are. And a conditional third round pick, which could turn into a first if Taylor Hall re signs and the Coyotes win a playoff round. David, what are your thoughts on this trade?
1: So, um, I think, I don't know. I think Phoenix got the better end of it, in my opinion, just because Taylor Hall is just, he's a heart winning player. He's in his prime. Um, they look like they're, I don't think they're going to win the cup this year, but I think with him now, they could challenge it in the playoffs. Um, to carry over what you're saying with the pick, I was reading about the pick. Um, it becomes a first if they win the cup, and he resigns.
0: Oh, it's, it's win the cup.
1: I believe so. It's a second if he does one or the other. So if they I, resign, him. let me make I, sure.
0: I thought I read that it was if he, if the Coyotes win one playoff round, and he resigns, that is another first.
1: Let me just make sure. Um, but yeah, I think like the Arizona didn't give up their top prospects. They gave up some good prospects, but not their top ones. Um, but in my opinion, I think Arizona got the better end of it just because they get this p- player in his prime who's a heart winner, um, who's going to give them a real shot. Trade So what do you
0: think? I, I honestly think that New Jersey came away with the most they possibly could have got out of Taylor Hall because as of right now, he's a rental player. So if you're getting a first, third, and three pretty solid prospects, I think it's a great deal for the Devils. But I think it's more of a win-win. I don't think there's a true winner as of right now. Maybe, if, maybe if Taylor Hall resigns and the Coyotes suck next year, then we could say, oh, "Wow, New Jersey came away with a steal." But okay, good.
1: So we were both kind of right, and I was wrong. It's a third-round pick if none of the two things happen. It's a second-round pick if he resigns or they win a playoff round. So that's where you were right. It becomes a first round pick in twenty twenty one because this is the twenty twenty one pick. It's a first round. They have a first round pick this year, and if, what could be the pick next year if he does both?
0: Okay, so yeah, so he has to do both. He has to win a round and resign
1: to get a first round. So they, they would get two firsts if that happens: one okay. this year, one next year.
0: So I mean, if that if that's the case, if Taylor Hall ends up enjoying Arizona, wants to resign, I think New Jersey actually gets it. I mean, and maybe.
1: Kevin Ball, I think you said David Ball.
0: Oh, I did say David.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So Kevin Ball. Thank you, David, for clearing that up. Yep. But yeah. And, so.
1: And New Jersey retains fifty percent of Hall's contract,
0: which is big for Arizona because that could lead to another move. I don't know where they are currently against the cap, but if Arizona wants to continue, based off what they're doing right now, they could add another piece based off based on New Jersey retaining fifty percent of that contract.
1: I mean, totally. Yeah, that's that's a big bunch of money let's take a look their cap space um they don't have a lot remaining it looks like they have about 645 i think thousand? 645, Oh no current cap space no current cap space on cap friendly says it's at four million eight hundred and fourteen thousand so okay,
0: that's see. another that's another second line player right there <laughs> that big is team. true
1: Oh, I was reading their long-term reserve stuff. Never mind. Okay, yeah, so yeah, 4.8.
0: 4. So, yeah, Arizona has ruined and I think that's kind of why they wanted that class base cleared. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so another move could be in the works from Arizona. But just all in all, I think it's a good trade for both teams. If Taylor Hall doesn't end up back with Arizona next year and they lose a playoff round, worst-case scenario, and they don't make it past the first, I should say, worst-case scenario, they got a first, third, and three prospects. So I think it's a win-win. For a guy like Taylor Hall, being God. a rental player, it's I think it's a good return for both. But yeah, I I heard New Jersey was targeting Soder, Victor Soderstrom, their top prospect in Arizona, but mm-hmm. Arizona kind of told not uh, no thanks. So yeah, good deal. God, for that Baltimore. jersey is
1: ugly as hell. The one he's holding up in the picture.
0: Oh, the little uh, the, it's like the Tex-Mex one, kind of like the yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those jerseys. A lot of Coyotes fans do like them, though.
1: I think it has something to do with the native tribes in the Arizona area.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, in the end, great great trade for both teams. So uh, <laughs> I kind of can't wait to see what Ki- the Arizona Coyotes do because this trade is still not fully complete until after this season. Mm-hmm. But transitioning over to someone the exact opposite of Taylor Hall, Ilya Kovalchuk, <laughs> released from the LA Kings kind of uh this would have been a big story if it was 2012 again but yeah ili kolchuk <laughs> released
1: yeah i mean the guy's how old now 36 i mean he's not that old but he got a monster contract from new jersey when he was there and then just left to russia and then came yeah. back
0: it, it, it was a weird i i the devils didn't want him back either when he came back they're like all right you could go sign anywhere
1: Hell no, with the amount of money they would have owed him.
0: Yeah, so it was just a dumb deal by the Kings to begin with because Ilya Kovalchuk, he was a great player many years ago. Now he 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 aged in Russia playing against competition that's nowhere near as good as the NHL. It's the Mm -hmm. second best league, but it's not NHL level talent, and he's (laughs) old. But now I'm hearing the Boston Bruins are interested in Ilya Kovalchuk, so we'll see where this sweepstakes goes. I'm not sure if there's going to be a sweepstakes. I think Kovalchuk may have one contract offer after this. So,
1: I mean, if, if it was Ken Holland, he'd be like, ooh, an old guy. Let's sign him.
0: <laughs> so, All right, watch out, Edmonton Oilers.
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if this was the Ken Holland, Mike Babcock, Detroit Red Wings, we would have definitely signed him by now. We like aging players.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's just Edmonton Oilers watch out because Ken Holland might be up to some uh, tricky news going on right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of a relevant story just with Kovalchuk signing the big contract that he did with the Kings. So mm-hmm. we'll see where, if there is a sweepstakes with really Elias somehow, we'll see where he ends up. <laughs> going to some rumors now, we have – a big rumor out of New Jersey, you know, they just traded Taylor. I don't, it sounds like they're not done. There has been a rumor flowing around that PK Subban might be going to the Montreal, or not Montreal, what am I saying? The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you, what do you thoughts on this fit for Toronto?
1: Um, I mean, it's just weird to me. Like, Subban is becoming a journeyman and not to his, you know, decision. Like, he was happy to stay in Montreal and they traded him to Nashville and then he got traded to New Jersey and I don't know he's what has his stats been like this season
0: I mean he's been awful he's not been he's not been what he was I should say with Nashville and Montreal he's obviously a minus player with how bad New Jersey is so it makes sense. It kind of makes sense for New Jersey to move on, and you know, there's they're clearly not gonna they're not gonna win it either, the way they've been playing. No. So to continue to build off Jack Hughes and Nico Hishier and every and the prospects they got from, through Taylor Hall, it kind of makes sense.
1: True. I mean, where is New Jersey currently? I'm looking at Tankathon. Oh yeah, they're right next to the Wings. Yeah, they're bombing. <laughs> not,
0: um, not a good position to be if you uh, if you Red Wings fans know where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can get something out of him, why not? I mean, you need to build around what you have with those two young guys with Hershey and uh, Hughes. So why not try to get something out of him?
0: Yeah, and the Maple Leafs make a lot of sense because they were kind of in on the sweepstakes this offseason. They came up with Tyson Berry. I believe the rumors around... Kasperi Kapanen for and others included for PK Subban, so kind of an intriguing trade to watch, intriguing, intriguing rumor to watch, I should say. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where PK ends up. Toronto <laughs> makes a lot of sense, and especially what they've been through this season, they it sounds it seems like they could use them. Yeah. Uh. But so this week, the ESPN, I think Greg Wachowski is his name. He released. Uh, top one hundred players of the decade. David, did you just, get a chance to look at this?
1: I did. Um, just to preface, ESPN doesn't really care about hockey. <laughs> yeah, this is so, the, that
0: was the first fishy. Like, all right, ESPN talking hockey.
1: ESPN cool. doesn't care about hockey and soccer. Like, literally, to find my soccer scores or find my hockey scores, I have to like really search. But if I want to learn about NASCAR or basketball or LeBron college James. baseball, LeBron, or, well, LeBron James. James yeah, well, hey, for lunch today, I go to ESPN. I TSN is the one that is more about hockey.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a take it with a grain of salt.
1: And then you, freaking, oh, I don't like where they put some of your players. Most of your players are in the top freaking 10. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So, we'll, let's get to that right now because this is where I, I kind of had a gripe with it. Corey Crawford. This is the, we're going to go from lowest to like, so like closer to 100 to the, for, First pick, or first player. Corey Crawford's ranked 78. Alright, so respect to him being in the top 100. Goldies that are ahead of ahead of him right now. Ben Bishop hasn't done nothing. <laughs> Frederick Anderson, where's his Stanley Cup? Don't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, Tim Thomas, he had a good run with the Bruins, leading to a cup. But, again, he a lot of his con- contributions were before the 2010 season. So that it's just frustrating. and Then putting Henrik Lundqvist, Roberto Luongo ahead of him, Tuukka Rask, Pekka I I could understand Lundqvist. All right, I, I understand Lundqvist. He's been one of the best. Jonathan Quick, I'd throw up there. Mark Andre Fleury as well. But Corey Crawford should not be ranked behind Ben Bishop, and Frederick Anderson, and and Roberto Luongo. They haven't done anything.
1: I can see Tuukka Rask being ahead of him though.
0: I, I could I, I understand Tuukka because Tuukka was Tuukka's dominant throughout the regular season, and then especially with the Bruins. Recent Stanley Cup trip, he's, he was great. So I understand that, but having him at 78 is just frustrating. Mm-hmm. But going down to the list, Marian Hosa, 67. Notable players ahead. Marian Hossa, three-time Stanley Cup champion, and could have won many Selkie Awards, but never got the recognition. Ahead of him is Eric Stahl, as a guy, I didn't agree with Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, Matt Duchesne, the Sedin brothers. I, I personally just think Marion Host has accomplished much more than most mm-hmm. of these players ahead of him. Uh, and then we keep going down the list. Taves, I thought, was rated too high, putting me at 15. I he, He's good. He's good. Don't get me wrong. I love Jonathan Taze more than most people in the world, but. I think being in the top 15 is really a stretch for him, especially with the names that are behind him, like Marchand, John -hmm. John Tavares, and Duncan Keats in the top 20, which I'm all right with that. And then Patrick Kane at nine. What are we doing here? (laughs) Nine? Okay, let's look at the
1: forwards ahead of him. Stamkos. Uh, Stamkos has never won a cup, but Stamkos is really good but I think Kane should be ahead of Stamkos.
0: Kane should definitely be ahead of Stamkos. He's got a Conn Smythe, he's got a Hart Trophy, and he's got three Stanley Cups, but keep going. Uh,
1: let's see, Patrice Bergeron. Uh... That's a tough one.
0: It is tough, but I just with the Hart Trophy, the Conn Smythe, and be- leading his team in points every season – Mm-hmm. And especially with, and Kane's played with guys like he he Kane's never had a really a steady line this past decade. It's always been a mismatch of players. So I think just what he does with anyone on his line, it's just it's play. It's just you can't really compare to what everybody else does who has a steady line like Patrice Bergeron has Pasternak and Marchant.
1: True. All right. Um. So that's a tough one. Evgeny Malkin. Ah. Uh... Evgeny Malkin's a phenomenal player. I could see him being this high. Um, I'm sorry. I think he goes ahead of Kane. Sorry. Really? I, I don't. I just. It's a tough one. It's really a toss up for me. But I think that. And then, but Connor McDavid. Really?
0: Already? At number Already. two,
1: ahead of ahead of Ovechkin. Ahead of Ovechkin. I think one yeah. and two is Crosby Ovechkin.
0: Yeah, I and I think so too. Uh, the I that's why I don't like I know Connor McDavid's been great but Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby they are the NHL those are the two faces of the NHL before Connor McDavid was even a thought of being a player in the NHL it's just and the numbers they produce just year after this, year
1: when did this little shit even get into the league
0: 2015
1: come the fuck
0: on five years and one was even a full year he was hurt most of the year
1: that's what's that's what's gonna piss me off when I start talking
0: <laughs> and then i guess so i just think kane
1: kane should at least be
0: top six top five at top six uh, five
1: yeah yeah i could say between him and malkin it's a flip-flop for me
0: carlson and henrik lundquist you could bump like lundquist hasn't won a cup so miss no. me with that carlson and,
1: hasn't won one either
0: yeah carlson's been on a sh- terrible ottawa senators team and a struggling san jose sharks team now so yeah good job e s p n with the Blackhawks so let's transition to the wings.
1: we have two <laughs> they only gave us two fucking Lindstrom with the two years he played in two thousand ten is already a better defender than eric Carlson I'm sorry <laughs> yes um here's where i'm pissed henrik zetterberg fifty seven what the actual fuck
0: <laughs> it's disrespectful
1: Henrik zetterberg was like The not the second coming of Steve Eiserman, but he was who filled the shoes of Steve Eiserman when Eiserman left. Yeah, he is this player that carries the team. He's a leader. That's why he became the captain after Lidstrom. Um, but like there are so many people in this list that are ahead of him, and he, in my opinion, is a he's he's better than fifty fucking seven. Like, thank God he's he's top hundred player, but fifty seven.
0: It, it, it's ridiculous, but especially what Zetterberg's meant to the Red Wings and what he's done with mm-hmm. the Red, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, I guess, yeah, you could flip-flop those guys. They, they kind of remind me of each other. But I think Zetterberg's more accomplished than Sadin's. I mm-hmm. think Zetterberg's more accomplished than <clears throat> Ryan Studer, Pecorino, Shea Weber.
1: Kinda, I'm sorry, looking at all these guys ahead of them. How many cups have you guys won combined?
0: Uh, Not all, uh, if any, (laughs) not enough, not enough, not enough.
1: So keep going.
0: Then we got, yeah, where's Pavel's eleventh?
1: Pavel Datsuk is number eleven. Hey, he's really high up, but hey, I'm still pissed off. (laughs) Pavel Datsuk is, in my opinion, probably the greatest two way forward of all time. In my opinion.
0: Uh, and no, I'm not even gonna disagree with you there
1: i I agree he he would undress players, he would make goalies look foolish he he made everybody look foolish. He would pick the pocket of every player like just you oh, you have the puck, mm, not anymore um he you could see the decline with our team when he left to Russia when he left, that was it. We were done, even in his age, he was carrying that team and hey. i like. I can see Kane ahead of him. Kane's great. Stamkos?
0: No. Nope. Bergeron? Nope. Malkin? All right, hold oh, on. on. Oh, here we go. Maybe. maybe. I can see him <laughs> being... said I Malkin see, above Kane.
1: <laughs> I could see him being... Okay, if I was to reorganize this, I would bump Carlson and Lundqvist out. Okay. Yeah, not... Top number one, Crosby. Number two, Ovechkin. Number three... <sighs>
0: It's got to be, but it's Kane, Malkin, or McDavid.
1: I don't think McDavid should be that high. He's barely been in the league.
0: The so best I would par- say, I would say best- here's Okay, here we go. go
1: One Crosby, two Ovechkin, three Kane, four Malkin, five Datsuk. And if they want to keep sucking McDavid's butt, put him at six.
0: And here's the funny thing: at the end of Pavel Datsuk's. They they wrote a paragraph for yeah about a paragraph for each player in the reasoning at the end of Pavel Datsuk his paragraph it says better than Connor McDavid better than Sidney Crosby what a player then why the hell are these guys ranked above him why
1: who, who is this moron that wrote this stupid article
0: and Gregory wishanowski I don't even know how to pronounce that Greg wishinski yeah wishinski what
1: that's do you, you
0: sh- It just shows that you can't. ESPN is not a credible site for NHL.
1: No. Like when you literally say he's ESPN's senior NHL writer. Well, you should quit your job because you're terrible.
0: Yeah. uh, Senior, as in like senile or
1: like Connor McDavid. I want to read Connor McDavid's freaking thing. Where is this? Okay. In four plus seasons. McDavid has two scoring titles, one Hart Trophy, and another top three finish for the award. Yes, he's done that at an Oilers team that doesn't score. Like he's the guy that scores for them. Of course, he's gonna have all those goals because someone's got to put him in the net.
0: Yeah, and he's playing. No discredit to Connor McDavid, but he's got guys <laughs> like Leon the side of him, and like, and he's missed. He missed the majority of his rookie season, so. I, I know he's he's a phenomenal player, but he's played four seasons so far, five seasons so far in this decade. And you're putting him ahead of guys who like Ovechkin, Kane, yeah, uh, like you, Malkin, who's played throughout the decade.
1: Like you put him on one of these teams, yes, he's going to be a great player, but he he would be balanced in that Detroit Red Wings team with Datsuk and Zetterberg and all of them. It would be he would not be dominating the score sheet. He would have goals, he would have assists, but so would they all because they contribute his team doesn't contribute. Yeah, no player in the NHL over the past decade with a minimum of 300 games played had a better goals above average per 60 minutes than Datsuk, And he was second overall and wins above average per 60 as well. Like, come the fuck on.
0: Oh so yeah, as you can see, we're pretty frustrated where our representatives land on this list. Yeah, Maybe. so I
1: did one through six. What would your one through six be then?
0: One through six? I think I'm pretty similar to you. I would go... Crosby, Ovechkin, Kane, uh, Malkin. Yeah, I'm throwing Malkin up there. Bergeron's up there because he's always in for the Selkie Award. Pop, No, put Datsuk ahead of Bergeron and Malkin, sorry. And then, oof, I think Nikita Kucherov deserves more recognition than what he got.
1: Yeah, literally Datsuk's awards, he's won... Minus award, he's won the Lady Bing trophy more times than I can count, and he's won the Selkie trophy three years straight.
0: Is this list? uh, Obviously, Twitter had a giant backlash to it, and rightfully so, because it it was a joke of a list. Just the names that are ahead of certain people, like Marion Hosa being ranked so far, Henrik Sederberg being ranked so far back, just not nothing really. Like it's a tough task to do. Yes, rating the top 100 players of all the phenomenal NHL players we've seen this past decade, but uh just <laughs> you could have done better than that. Yeah. But that really takes away all... Actually one more thing I do want to say Dawson Prayers got to Oscar Lindblom with the Philadelphia Flyers diagnosed with a rare cancer disease. I I forgot what exactly what it's called, but Thoughts and prayers go out to him just because it's tough to see stuff like that go on for NHL players, just anyone in general. Yeah. So prayers go out to Oscar Limblom. Hopefully a speedy recovery. I know it's a seventy percent survival rate, so we're hoping he falls within that seventy percent because it's such a sad story going on. Yeah. So with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna transition over back to our teams with the flashback, and we're gonna start with the Red Wings this week since we covered the Red Wings first to start this podcast. So let's talk about the Red Wings schedule.
1: Okay. So I'm going back to our schedule. All right. So last Thursday when we were recording, we won against Winnipeg 5-2. So we talked about that a little bit. Um, then on Saturday, a couple days later, we beat Montreal 2-1. Um, Mike Green had a goal and assist and Tyler Bertuzzi had a goal and assist. So they both played pretty well um and then we lost our next two games so we went back to our losing ways losing to the other trash team los angeles <laughs> two to four um goals from Phillips Adina and madison bowie so madison bowie had a goal on an assist um and then we lost to columbus three to five goal adam ernie scored the first two goals for the red wings his first two goals of the season so that was great to see and his first goal was just a beauty to watch it was it was like watching the Russian five again, just the pass, 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 pass goal. And then Tyler Bertuzzi had the third goal for us.
0: So what? It, based off this past week, I know we uh, you kind of covered over the goals. What's your biggest takeaway?
1: I mean, um, it's good seeing Zadina score, and it's nice seeing Tyler Bertuzzi keep, you know, being that player that we know him to be, and he can get that puck in the back of the net, and he's a good, gritty player.
0: All right, so uh, not, it's not you know the Red Wings clearly have had way worse weeks than what they've had this past week two and two nothing to really be ashamed about kind of it's great to see them back in the win for sure for you guys
1: yeah we're still in the the number one seed possibility so we got that going for us which is nice.
0: <laughs> yeah so not a bad takeaway you, know, you take a couple wins feels great for the team and you know kind of go from there yep. All right, so after after that, we'll go to the Blackhawks side. We record we recorded during the Blackhawks five to two loss against the Arizona Coyotes, <clears throat> brutal. And then they go to St. Louis, lose four to three against the Minnesota Wild. They win five to three in a nice win, nice fashion. Just uh, the Blackhawks really controlled that game. Uh, I probably one of the better games played this week, all around Wednesday night. The 18th, they lost against the Colorado Avalanche. And that was the Seabrook healthy scratch day. And the 19th, last night, the Winnipeg Jets, Blackhawks beat them 4-1 to while losing Brandon Sout to an injury. And the Blackhawks looked phenomenal against the Jets. They were all over them. They were up 3 nothing right away. Kane had four points that <laughs> night. So, uh, you know, kind of a... Again, just one of those weeks that you really want to see the Hawks turn around, but they just can't. They can't come away with these wins against competitive teams. So I really don't know how to feel. It's just they beat the Wild, great. They beat the Jets great. But they're not great teams. No. So, yeah, just, you know, I guess really the only biggest news out of that week, uh, on the 15th Sunday, it was Christopher Stieg night, one more shift. (laughs) <laughs> Blackhawks one for Chris Versteeg. There you uh, go. <laughs> that's my voice. So great to get a win for Verbeauty. Uh, but yeah. So a rough week, Kane. Obviously, just doing Patrick Kane things, carrying the team on his back. So, but David, who's your player of the week for the Red Wings?
1: Uh for me, it's gonna be Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, he showed up on the score sheet a lot this week, um, goals and assists, and he's just been playing really well. What about you?
0: My play of the week, I already pumped his tires just before this, so I'm going to go with Patrick Kane. You could literally put him on this every week, but he's really the only one that deserves it. 4.8 against Winnipeg, carried the Blackhawks to a victory against them, and then also on the score sheet in three of the five games this week since Arizona. So that's my player of the week.
1: All right. So looking ahead for the Red Wings, we play tomorrow night against Toronto. It's seven pm um I want to say loss <laughs> we play back to back so we play Sunday night against Arizona um, that team's looking good I think that's also going to be a loss and then we're off until next sa- Saturday so that's it for the flash forward for us
0: so back to back so you got Toronto and then Arizona twice yep so nope. yeah I' not just
1: Toronto then Arizona
0: oh okay so back so back to back schedule right there okay so yeah I'm going to go loss well. Uh, no disrespect to the Red Wings. I know we kind of shit on them so far lately, but two tough teams. I still love so, them. Yeah, you gotta love them. This is the rebuilding phase. You're hoping for that number one pick right there. Yes. Uh, So another, but basing off the Red Wings, I'm the Blackhawks with another short week until we record next. They got Colorado on Saturday in Colorado. I'm gonna say that one's a loss just because we haven't beat Colorado all season, so why would we not? <laughs> and then yeah. the, the Devils Monday night. I'm going to say the Hawks come away with it just because the Devils are showing signs that, wow, we suck. So the Hawks beat another terrible team.
1: Yeah, I'll go lost to Avalanche and you overcome the Devils. I think for some reason they're going to come out fighting against you guys, but I think you pull it off.
0: And the, la- the last time we played the Devils, was a shootout win. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the Hawks, you know, we kind of hyped up, but I think they're in really the Devils' territory because bottom of the league as of right now. So, yep. But, uh, you know, it's, David, it's Christmas time. So, we do. David, what's that Mariah Curry song? How does it go?
1: All I want for Christmas
0: is. What do the Red Wings want for Christmas this season, David? It is giving time. It is taking time. So what do the Red Wings want to take or give? Well,
1: we're not winning the cup. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't want to wish for the cup because it's not going to happen this season. Um, I have two wishes. My first wish is we get the first pick and we get Lafreniere. I mean, why wouldn't we want that? Uh, My second wish is... With losing Comrie and with our goalie situation the way it is, we need to trade, in my opinion, to get a goalie of the future, a goalie that will be our number one for the time, for like for the future. Um, one goalie I hope we could trade for, I think we'd have to give up a little bit for him, is uh, Alexander Georgiev over in uh, the Rangers. Uh huh. I think they're pretty stacked in depth at goalie. I mean, you have. Your number, what was he? Number four on the top 100 list, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. No, he's five. Um, Somehow. You have him there. He doesn't really, I think he's still got a few more years in him, but they're stacked there. And if we offer them, I think, enough, I think we might be able to get our goalie of the future.
0: And especially with the Rangers, you know, it kind of makes sense because they need D help. does Detroit excelling right now in their organization? Well, prospect pool-wise, they got a lot of defense. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense, and uh, you know, good Christmas list, kind of helping the rebuild, getting a star goalie, and obviously the consensus number one overall pick in Alex Alexis Lafreniere.
1: So, young man, what do you want for Christmas?
0: You know, David, when I'm asking for this Christmas, I'm going to sit on Santa's lap, and I'm hoping that he brings me that the Blackhawks trade Eric Gustafson because I am <sighs> done watching him. <laughs> God, he is terrible. He is awful. The Hawks should have traded him this past offseason after a stellar season last year. And, yeah, I think, you know, the Blackhawks missed out on their opportunity to get as much as they possibly could from him. They won't pay him next offseason, so they got to go trade him now and get something for him because he is not a great defenseman. He brings a lot to the table off. Uh, yeah. What do you think you can get for him? Well, I mean, his contract's expiring soon, so... If the Blackhawks were to trade on this offseason, I would have said they would have got a first round pick for him. But now Damn. we're getting we're getting close to the trade deadline. I think the Blackhawks might be able to get a second and a fourth. Maybe a prospect, a second and a prospect, but not a great one. So really that's I don't think his trade value is that high anymore. But
1: so we have this amazing Swedish defensive prospect. His name is Jonathan Erickson.
0: Oh, wow, really?
1: He's like six five, six six, big body.
0: He's a late bloomer. I heard. I heard he's a you know kind of an older prospect, but he's. Down.
1: I heard he. I heard he's really good at like you know using his body.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard. Yeah, he's definitely not soft at all, and he. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. but. Is I that mean, your only wish? No, I got. I got one more. It's to uh, get Stambo in the hell out of Chicago. Done with him too. God, it's Alex It's Eli- Henry Yokihara for Alex Neilander. Mm-hmm. Jeez. and then and uh, not, uh, There's a lot going on. Anthony Declair. The Blackhawks decided to keep, Stan Bowman, I shouldn't say the Blackhawks, Stan Bowman decided to keep, or not keep, he decided to say, all right, Anthony DeClaire, you can walk, you're young, 26, 25, I don't even know how old you are, but you're young. Start quick, proven 20-goal goal scorer. Let's go get a 40-year-old Chris Kunitz, because the Blackhawks aren't in win-now mode. So let's go get a four-time Stanley Cup champion to lead this, not even lead, to be a part of the bottom six, and still be one of the worst teams in the league. So thanks, Stan. You know, Duclair had ten goals this past month. Chris Kunitz. Wait, you guys what? have Chris Kunitz? We did. That was this was last season. Oh, I was like, wait, what? Stan, yeah, no. Stan <laughs> decided to say, yeah, we'll take Chris Kunitz, and you know, Anthony Duclair, proven twenty goal scorer, young, quick. P- p- I I just I can't I can't do it. <laughs>
1: I had no idea you guys had Kunitz. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, last season he was on the roster, believe it or not. I think oh, he had—he no. might have had 12 points all season.
1: One year, $1 million deal. Uh, he had five goals, five assists.
0: Oh, yeah, so there we go, 10 points. And Duclair has 10 goals this past month. So, yeah, great job, Stan. Uh, and then, <sighs> you know, I keep saying Tavo on his name in the news, so it just keeps frustrating me. But mm-hmm. yeah. It's hurting me right now, so uh But yeah, is there really anything else to add? Is, is, is anything else you want for Christmas?
1: Just for the pain to stop. But that's what bourbon's for. I'm gonna make me some old fashions this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's what alcohol is for too with my crappy ice cubes. <laughs> you know, I, I I actually forgot to check, but now that you mentioned it, I will go check for the those uh the cube thing I wanna give you. Oh okay. tight. All right, so you know, thanks for uh, dealing with just me and David this week, guys. Uh, Jordan is off making that bread—not literally, but he's making money right now. Kevin, I don't know. Kevin is probably—he's probably rooting for the Boston Bruins right now. I, I Kevin, we miss
1: you. you. Come home.
0: Yeah, we miss you, Kevin. I don't know if you took a coaching job with—he uh, might be filling in for Mark Crawford. Black on. Huh?
1: He might be. He better not be going after my Minnesota Wiley GM job. I'll fucking kill him.
0: It's going to get – there's going to be a lot of uh, – so, but, yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in to me and David this week. I feel like it was a a, a lot of news this week and, you know, two guys, but I feel like we did a great job. I hope the same. But, so, with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to Stakeway Podcast. You guys have obviously found us on SoundCloud or – uh apple podcast right now so if if you're listening to this you can leave a like a subscribe a five star review share it to your grandma your nephew kids anyone you want we we respect all listeners
1: yeah that five star review really goes a long way helps us get more notice and uh you know just, just just plug it in when you're visiting the family for the holidays and if little timmy wants to turn it off you cross check him and you say sit down and listen kid
0: yeah, I mean, let Timmy know what's up. Have him a, give him a listen. You know, maybe you can learn something from us. Whether it's drop them gloves. <laughs> yeah, Timmy. throw the gloves with Timmy. Uh, but, <laughs> but also to add on to that, we also have a Twitter that you can contact us at at Stickblade Pod. That is Stickblade Pod. We will answer any questions you want on the podcast or through our Twitter. It's available. And then you can also contact us up for fan mail at our, at our email, stickbladepodcast at gmail.com. That is stickbladepodcast at gmail.com. We will get to your questions if you have anything to ask for us on fan mail. We'll do our best. We're not the smartest people, but we are by the fans for the fans. So we will give our intakes on whatever you want NHL news, Blackhawks news, Red Wings news. We'll do our best. But with that being said, I am your host for the evening, Nicola Page, joined by my co-host, David Barthaus, And thank you for listening tonight, and have a good evening. Merry Christmas to you guys.
1: Merry Christmas, Happy Kanaka, Happy Everything.
0: And who knows when we record next, maybe Happy New Year. <laughs>